Many adjectives describe the Marine Corps. How about this one, though? Thorough. The Marines are in the midst of a thorough testing program for something that might seem like a simple thing, a new workout uniform. Here with the details, the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, Troy Black. Sergeant Major Black, good to have you on. Yeah, good morning. Thank you very much for the invitation. I do appreciate it. And the workout uniform, that doesn't change very often, does it? I mean, each generation kind of has its own version. Is that a good way to describe it? Not really in the Marine Corps. I will tell you, we haven't had a, I would call it a new physical training uniform since the early 90s. So it's been, I would call it multiple generations. You know, the Marine Corps is slow to change, sometimes for the right things, but sometimes it's just the right thing to do. Sure. So what are you seeking in a new workout? First of all, how is a workout uniform used? Is it simply for basic training or is it something that you might use for general training throughout a career? Well, a combination of both. You know, our current uniform, simple as it is, isn't very modernized. Materials aren't modernized. They're fit form, not really modernized. And we're trying to do a couple of things here. One, have a standalone physical training uniform. We don't necessarily have that now. The current uniform is part of another uniform, our marine pattern uniform or camouflage uniform. This was a standalone uniform. And the reason for changing it is fabrics have changed over time. You can even see in you know, professional athletes what they train in isn't necessarily a cotton shirt with canvas trunks. And we also have requirements to make sure we're safe. So reflective materials and this sort of thing that aren't part of the current uniform are not going to be part of this uniform. Instead of wearing like an extra reflective belt or reflective vest or this sort of thing. Yes, you're right about that. The fabrics have come a huge way even in the last 10 years compared to how they are able to weave polyester. And I, I speak from experience here. But the issue is, or is one of the issues, the fact that most of the high-end workout gear is not manufactured in the United States. A lot of it's made in the Philippines or in China and so forth. So there's an acquisition issue connected with this also, correct? It could be. You know, obviously, there's certain laws that require the Department of Defense government agencies to purchase and produce things that are American-made, USA-made. Not a challenge here for us uh, or any of these uniforms. Heck, all the uniforms for the Marine Corps, whether they're the blue dress uniform, marine pattern uniform, much more complex uniforms and materials, all produced in the United States. And it won't be any different for this uniform. All right. So you've got several vendors competing here. What does the program look like in terms of testing? What's going on? So later this month, we're going to begin to send out the first, I call it, batch of, of uniforms to be tested. And those, those are going to be sent out to some of our entry-level training pipelines to some of the instructors, folks that can return a good response back and give some good input on you know, what's right, what's wrong, some things we need to change. So that testing phase is going to begin here at the end of the month, and hopefully we'll get to a production and issue process here following that within the next year or so. And you mentioned that these might also be used by people further along in their career, say someone such as yourself who's a career Marine or one of the officers that comes up through the academy and so on. This is something that older guys and gals would wear too? Oh, absolutely. This will be the uniform, the physical training uniform for the Marine Corps. So that means all Marines. And what about female Marines? What special provision will these have for them? Because clearly they need a different shape sometimes. Well, I think that's going to be determined during the testing phase. You know, everybody's body shape, not just by gender, but everybody's body shape is not generic. So then we get into the testing phase, we're going to have both men and women wearing the uniform, and they'll give good feedback on that. There's also going to be what I would call, and you mentioned that you were a runner, a marathoner. You know, The general uniform is going to be a standard shirt, obviously sizing, and how that fits individuals is going to be part of the testing process. But the shorts are going to be more of a general purpose short. There's also going to be 
per request of some initial design, an optional runner's short. Something that, again, like someone like you would be more familiar with. You don't want to run in you know, above-the-knee shorts. You want to have a different kind of style to be able to run in. That's going to be an optional uniform that's going to be tried and, and experiment with as well. We're speaking with Troy Black. He's the 19th Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. And how does the decision get made as to which particular uniform will be chosen among the different vendors being tested? Well, ultimately, there's a process like everything else. Any sort of uniform item that we in the Marine Corps desire to change, upgrade, implement, all goes through a very dedicated process that's inside the Marine Corps Systems Command and the Marine Corps University uniquely. It's the Marine Corps Uniform Board process. Ultimately, recommendations will be made to the Commandant of the Marine Corps, and the Commandant of the Marine Corps will be the final decision maker on which one of the uniforms that we will choose. Because I was reading an article about this in one of the publications that covers military exclusively, and what I noted were the comments made by either current Marines or retirees. And some of them said, well, in my day, we trained in fatigues and combat boots. Not sure that's true or not, but that's at least what they said. And so I guess there's some improvements in the experience of the Marine doing the training that you're looking at, too, here, correct? Uh, you know, our veterans are very vocal. They're the reason we're here. We stand upon the shoulders of giants, and our history is just full of the great things that the former Marines have done. However, there's a lot of things that have changed uh, over the course of time. I'm certain 30 years from now there will be things about the Marine Corps that are going to change that I may look at and go, wow, that's interesting. But frankly, we've had a PT uniform now. We actually had a PT uniform prior to the current one. It was a yellow shirt and some red shorts. Maybe that was challenging for some folks at the time as well. Now we've got the current uniform, which is a green general purpose trunk. It's a cotton green shirt, and we're just modernizing that. So I, I think every, every generation maybe challenged with changes, but at the end of the day, the Marine Corps continues to train and fight and win, and this is going to be one element of making us be able to do that better. And I was thinking, for what you said earlier, how much better fabrics have become, how much more functional they have. They don't chafe as much, you know, and, you know, that uh, chest area chafing can be a huge problem in long-distance runs if you're not careful. I wonder if what is learned from the workout uniform testing program and feedback could translate back to other uniforms. Yeah, I would say potentially. I guess what I would say is if you go to any training facility or either in a civilian community or definitely on bases, posts, installations, you're going to see the types of uniforms that the Marines are wearing, what kind of gear that they're wearing while they're in the gym. It's antimicrobial. It's moisture wicking. Generally, it stretches for better mobility. It's generally fast drying. And quite often, you buy something off the civilian market, it's probably got reflective material on it in order to increase its safety when you're running during low light times and periods. So I think all of those things are what we're looking for and what we're getting ready to test and develop here for this new uniform. And I guess durability is an issue. One of the comments I read, again, not original, but I'm just relating it, is that they were worried that this uniform would stand up to the laundering process that happens on shipboard, which can, in the words of this one commenter, destroy just about anything. That might be an observation, sir, but again, that's part of the process of the development is making sure that the material is going to hold up for a certain period of time. There's all kinds of regulations that before we approve a uniform in any of the services, but in the Marine Corps in particular, it has to pass certain tests. Durability, obviously, being one of those tests. All right. And would these be available to civilian family members should this work out? Right now, what we're looking at is being an official Marine Corps uniform. So like all official Marine Corps uniforms, very little of those items are able to be worn in a liberty attire situation. I'm not sure what the rules and regulations are going to be right now on that. 
But this is a Marine Corps physical fitness uniform. All right. Troy Black is the 19th Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thank you as well, sir, and I hope you have a great day. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about WEPA and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader-follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader, all of these are backward-looking um, development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I, think, I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So what we're trying to do is, is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over 2 million employees, Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history, find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves, and they brought that to the workplace, and they inspired other and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear uh, inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. And it's drawing like never before on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? 
I think in the federal government, it's it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. Uh, my father was a civilian federal employee. Uh, he joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service, which is unique in, in the federal space, in the government space, still exists today. Well, that about says it all. But is anything else you'd want the audience to know about you personally or WEPA as an, as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. I've uh, led this is my second uh, major organization that I've led. And I will tell you that we impart this feeling, uh, you mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion. We serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And <clears throat> I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime. And uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.